Hello, everyone. I'm Dan Mosier, and this is the Mosier Media Podcast. And let me set the stage here. It is October 28th, and here in Fairlawn, Ohio, in the Mosier Media Sound Booth, we are enjoying uh, a wonderful Monday morning. Uh, It's been a great weekend. Did the leaves. Uh, In the city of Fairlawn, of course, they come around uh, and they collect the leaves and you have to have them bagged. They don't have one of these uh, street suckers where you can just blow all the leaves into the curb and then they come by and collect them. You have to bag them. So that was our Sunday afternoon Uh, doing that. It was uh, warm for this time of year. It was nice. And uh, my son, who is 14 and his best friend, uh, they earned a little money. Uh, He got his allowance. He certainly... Uh, put the effort into it, and this morning as I'm leaving, it's a crisp, beautiful fall morning, and there's 30 bags of leaves at the end of my driveway. And I thought, well, there's our weekend right there. So here I am in the sound booth doing our weekly podcast, and I really enjoy doing these podcasts. And I use these as a way to answer a lot of questions that I get from people in the business that are our friends, people who would like to start businesses, and I am by no means an expert. And I always use this line that even after 20-some years in this business, almost 30, let's say, I still have more questions than answers. I am constantly thinking things through, researching ideas, or talking to people about how they solve problems. And I do have a wonderful board of advisors. Many of them own businesses or sell creative services or are involved in different things in the community. And it's nice to be able to have that soundboard. The the board of directors, we'll call them the board of advisors. I turn to them frequently for advice. And a lot of times I'm talking to somebody who has so much to give and I keep thinking, I need to have guests on this podcast. I need to bring in my advisors and let them share some of their insight. Some of them young professionals just getting started in the business. Others, uh, folks who are older than me with decades of experience. And I, I have a great group. Today, I would like to talk about naming your company especially for those who are interested in starting a firm or an entity or a business in the creative services field. And I think the reason why I'm going with this topic today is that I get calls a couple times a year from either young professionals who would like to start their own entity or people who are my age who have worked in a career for 20 or 25 years and said, I'd like to leave my job and start my own firm. And from time to time, I get these calls. And I've said this before. I'm always honored when someone calls me and asks my opinion. And they say, hey, I'd like to pick your brain. And I always say, well, slim pickings, but let's have at it. What what, uh, can we talk about? And a lot of times that leads to reconnecting with an old friend or getting to know somebody on on a more personal level to really connect. And there's something great about hearing where somebody is and where they would like to go and then thinking, can I be a part of their success? Just one tiny little part of helping them go from here to there. And it's always an honor when someone calls to ask if I can help you go from here to there. So one of the first things you might think about if you're starting off is what to call yourself, how to begin to build your brand. And this is not a discussion about branding. There is certainly a, a, a lifetime of information and, and podcasts and, and 
work out there on the topic of branding. Uh, uh, Firms that are, you know, marketing firms, advertising agencies that help you build your brand. This is not a discussion about branding, but you have to think about where your brand is going to go, where you might want to take your brand when you're naming your company. And I have watched several entrepreneurs get started where they've changed their names a couple of different times early on as they begin to find themselves. So you really have to think about finding yourself, your identity, your purpose. And there are so many things to think about along these lines that I want to just spend the next 20 to 25 minutes tossing out some ideas, some food for thought, some ways to get the conversation started when it comes to thinking about what are we going to call our photography business or our web development firm. We're going to start a graphic design firm or a video production company. What are we going to call it? First thing you might want to consider, certainly, or the first thing I might even ask when someone calls me and begins this discussion, what kind of entity are you setting up? And what you need to be aware of or think through is that your clients could know you by your trade name, but they might also know you by your corporation name. So if you're setting up an LLC or a corporation, maybe you're going to set up an S-Corp, and this is not legal advice. Consult your attorney and your tax advisor before you determine whether a sole proprietorship or an S-Corporation or an LLC is right for what you want to accomplish. This is not the place to go for legal advice or tax advice. You need a professional. But what you want to think about is that your clients are going to know you by your trade name, but if your trade name or you're doing business as your DBA is different than your legal name, the, the legal name of the entity you are setting up, if you're setting one up, then you need to think about there's going to be a point at which they want to pay you. They're going to write a check to you. And if you are simply uh, John Smith and you're a sole proprietor, then they're going to write the check to John Smith. That's fine. But if you've set up a corporation, an LLC, and that LLC is John Smith Photography LLC, then the client needs to write the check to John Smith Photography LLC because that's what the bank is going to require. The bank is going to require that the check be made to whatever entity you set up. Very, very uh, restrictive. So certainly the banks, in following the law, are not going to allow a a client, one of your customers, to just write a check to anybody and have you be able to cash it. So you want to think about what is the name of your entity, the LLC or the S-Corp or what have you, the corporation, and are you going to have a different name, a doing business as or a trade name that's different? Probably for simplicity, you want to just set up your corporate name to be the name of the entity. But there are people that for whatever reason, Let's say you're going to be a Papa John's franchisee. You're going to open a Papa John's. So you're going to use the Papa John's name for your pizza shop, but you're not going to set up Papa John's Pizza Incorporated. That's probably already taken or that's the you're going to set up a corporate name that is, you know, Pizza Shop 325 Incorporated doing business as Papa John's. So the clients can write checks to Papa John's or you can take credit cards as Papa John's or what have you. So you might have a trade name that's different or maybe you already have a corporation. 
Maybe you were in the power washing business. So you had already set up uh, Monroe Services Incorporated, and you already had this tax ID number in this company, but Monroe Services Incorporated isn't going to work for uh, your photography business. So you might set up a DBA or a trade name, which you can do, and the bank will accept that if you filed the paperwork properly, consult your attorney. And then you can cash a check written to your photography business, even if the corporate name is Monroe Services Incorporated. So you got to think about whatever name you set up as the corporate name is going to show up on a W-9 form if a client says, before we pay you, we'd like you to furnish your tax ID number and the official name of your corporation on a W-9 tax form. And what this means is if you're going to do creative services work for a business that is well run, and not to say the small businesses that don't ask for the W-9 aren't well run, but a large corporation that hires you is probably going to ask for your W-9 so they can see on a tax form that you've signed that you're declaring this is what the name of my corporation is and I am authorized to bill under this name. I'm going to file taxes under this tax ID number and so on and so forth. And then being a responsible corporation, being a responsible client, they're going to pay you with a check made out to the entity name. But they want to know, am I paying a corporation or an individual? Because it affects how they're going to send you a tax form at the end of the year. Are they going to 1099 you as a person or are they going to 1099 you as a company? And why are we even having this discussion about the W-9 and taxes? The reason is, if you set up a name for your corporation that's really stupid, your potential there's a potential that your clients are going to see this. If you set up your company as Wasted Goof-Off Talent Incorporated, doing business as John Smith Photography, and then a client says, could we see your W-9 form? Well, you're going to see that Wasted Talent foolish goofing around incorporated as the company name, it's on the W-9. It has to match what you have set up as the entity. So you have to put a little thought into whatever I'm naming that corporation, that entity with a tax ID number, even if I'm not going to brand under that name, clients are still going to see it if they ask for the W-9. And again, for simplicity, if you're starting a small firm, it probably makes sense to simply set up John Smith Photography LLC or John Smith Photography Incorporated and go with that and leave the idea of a trade name or a DBA out of it for now. And in terms of calling it John Smith Photography, there's something obvious there. You're using your name. You're putting your name on the business. And why not? You're the photographer should be John Smith Photography if John Smith is going to show up and do the work. But what is your business plan? What if you intend on growing to be a three or four or five person firm or you have grand plans to build a huge commercial photography studio and you're going to have maybe 10 or 15 people working for you and you're going to have an account executive going out drumming up business and then you're going to do this for 10 years or maybe you have a, a full plan that at some point you might not be involved in the day-to-day of the business. You're going to be a, a take a step back. You have to think this through. If it's John Smith Photography, there's a pretty good chance that potential clients and, and clients doing business with John Smith Photography are going to want to know who John Smith is. They might want to see him on the photo shoot. They might want you to be involved if your name is on it. 
Now, we all know the old saying, there's no such thing as bad press, but let's be honest. What if you're arrested for DUI? Now, certainly, don't be a fool. You never drink and drive. There's Uber. There's a bar near your house you can walk to. Let's think about our personal conduct for one second. And let's think about an era we live in where there are cameras and microphones and social media and everything we do is on record and scrutinized. I'm not saying whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm saying this is the era we live in. And this is something you need to consider if you're calling it John Smith photography and then you're caught on social media in a in a traffic altercation with someone that took your parking space. A- any number of things that are certainly within our control based on how we decide to conduct ourselves in public. But if you're an opinionated uh, a person and you like to post a lot of things about politics or religion or about all kinds of things, and you are John Smith Photography, but on the weekends, you go on Facebook and take to Twitter with horrific posts on a, on a certain political topic, you're going to discover that your brand name is at risk and you could be the greatest liability that that company has. So you have to think about the use of your name and your personal conduct and whether or not you want to live each day as the brand. Now, again, if you're John Smith Photography, you're going to do work for all your friends in marketing. You've got a great client base built in because everybody knows you and likes you and trusts you. And you conduct yourself in a relatively respectful manner. There's very little liability here, but you still need to think about it. The other thing to think about is what if you spend 5, 10, 15 years of your life building up a client base, building up a successful business, and then you want to sell it to an advertising agency that wants to buy this photography business. Or maybe uh, another photographer in town is so impressed by the studio you've built and the client base you have, and they say, you know, I might be interested in buying you out. And now, uh, you know, the Caliber Studio down the street is buying John Smith Photography. As part of that purchase, they're going to want to own your name. And they're going to want to carry on that name for a period of, of five or ten years or, or maybe indefinitely. It could be in the sales contract. Your name and your brand is a huge asset to the company. It's part of the equity in the company. So if you decide you're going to retire and move to Florida, but John Smith Photography is still operating in Ohio, then you have to accept that how they conduct their business is a reflection on you and your name. And if you live in Florida and you're retired and you don't care, that's fine. But that's something worth considering. Begin with the end in mind. Where are we going with this? Do you want your name involved? There's good and bad. Trust me. The other thing about thinking about a name is using a geographical identifier. If you set up Chagrin Falls Photography, why not? Chagrin Falls is beautiful. It's a beautiful, especially certainly this time of year, tons of places to take pictures in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. But what happens if you find a building in Solon, also a wonderful community, great place to have a business? What if you find a, a building in the next town over and you think, I'm going to move Chagrin Falls Photography that I've operated and marketed in the Cleveland, Ohio market for 10 years, and now we're moving to Solon. And what do you know? Solonphotography.com was already taken. Oh, what are we going to do? So be careful about the idea of using a geographical identifier unless you plan on staying in that area your entire 
career? And how many businesses do we look around and say, okay, well, there's the the Akron uh, Welding Company, perhaps, or there's you know the the Cleveland Storage. Well, Cleveland Storage is probably going to stay in Cleveland because they got the big warehouse there. They're not going to find another warehouse. I don't, I, who knows? But the point being is, think it through when you're using a geographical identifier. Another problem you could have along the same line is using a descriptive word that locks you into this specific niche. For example, John Smith Photography could potentially get into video production. What if you went to John Smith Photography for all of your website design and development needs? And you know somebody, you're, you're, uh, maybe John Smith Photography decides they want to get into a, a website design and set up WordPress sites for the clients they already take pictures for. What are we taking the pictures for? We're taking the pictures for the website. The product shots, the headshots, the shots of our corporate headquarters are all going onto the website. And you're working with these clients as John Smith Photography, and the client is not happy with their web developer. How many times would this happen? And so they'd say, hey, do you know somebody in the web design business? So you already have all these photography clients that you're doing commercial work for, and all these folks need websites. So you decide as John Smith Photography, you're going to get into the web design and development business. Well, now the word photography has sort of painted you into a corner. And this is where you really need to develop your business plan. You really need to decide, am I going to stay focused on this niche my entire career? Could the industry change? Could you reach a point that you want to change the scope of your business based on the changing conditions in the marketplace? Then you might decide that calling it John Smith Media might be a better idea. And it, this is true in the medical field. If it were, you know, uh, Milton Orthopedics sales, and, you know, then Milton decides that he's selling orthopedics and he decides to take on a line that is. Uh, you know, not related to orthopedics, uh, then what do you do? How do you market that? Somebody, a manufacturer comes to you and says, hey, you've been selling orthopedics. Is Milton Orthopedics. But then you decide, oh, well, now I want to sell these these um, heart monitoring machines. Well, now we're not, we're not in orthopedics anymore. So now we're, you know, should it be Milton Medical? I don't know. But again, this is where your business plan comes into play. And this is where a time you should I should admit I have more questions than answers I'm not the expert I enjoy the conversation many of us who have a rough idea of where we want to go and we're not sure how to get there can be assisted or helped through conversations conversations that inspire or that are food for thought and that's what I'm always going for here is how do we just have the conversation and I'll give you one example of the naming idea is in the early 90s, 1992, 93, 94, I operated as Mosher Video Services. Everything I did was video production, absolutely everything. And a good buddy of mine, a, a brilliant guy who was always involved in the business, and we went to high school together, and he was always helping me. He said, you know, this web thing is going to be a big deal. And he's a learning programming. He's learning all this code, how to write code. And he was suggesting, he goes, you know, Mosher Video Services, you could get into website development. This is in 1996 or 97, way ahead of, and I, frankly, maybe I should have. But at any rate, in the, in the late 90s, I decided it, Mosher Media sounded better. And with people telling me, close friends and advisors advising me that, you know, you could do more with the business if you changed it from Mosher Video Services to something else. And I said, well, let's call it Mosher Media. And then I, I know I, wherever the media business goes, I want to be in it. 
but that could cover anything, website design or photography. We've stuck true to the, the video production niche, and I love it, and I'm glad we did. But if I felt like getting into something else, the Mosier Media name gives me a little more versatility, perhaps. The other thing to think about is how does your company name work in conjunction with your logo? And you've got to get a branding person or a graphic design person, or maybe you're a creative person and you want to do this yourself, but how does your company name work within a logo? And if it's going to be John Smith Commercial Photography Studios Incorporated, you're not going to put that whole thing onto a logo, or are you going to just put John Smith? But how is it going to look on printed merchandise? What happens when you want to print your company name on a pen or on a shirt? If you design a logo or come up with a company name and branding concept that doesn't look good on a, on a shirt, you're going to have a hard time. You know the, the screen printer, the uh, stitching, right, where they you send your logo over and they try to put it on a shirt, and sometimes if, if the logo is a disaster in terms of the detail... And maybe this has to do more with branding and how the logo is going to look. But again, you got to think of the name in terms of how does it fit with a logo. The other thing you want to think about is this is, of course, this discussion that limits uh, today. We're limiting this to the name of the business. It really still is important to think about the branding potential. Think about some of the negatives that could go along with maybe using your own name. And I have a great story. I have met this videographer that I'm going to talk about here uh, one time in my life, and it was uh, when I was working with a studio uh, in Talmadge, Ohio, uh, 20-some years ago. And so uh, the company here in Akron is called Grandmother's Video Productions. And there's a funny story that he tells, and he said it in the newspaper, so I know I can say it here, but when they did an article about him in the local paper, the Akron Beacon Journal did an article about Grandmother's Video Productions, and they asked him, how did he come up with his name? And he said, well, my grandmother loaned me the money to buy my first camera and my first setup so that I could go shoot weddings. And his name is Dave Blewett. So he couldn't call it Blewett Video Productions because that just simply wasn't going to work. And Again, the article was in the Beacon Journal, so I, I know this is a public story, and he it was, uh, you know, in tongue-in-cheek, I could tell that it was written, and yeah, you can't call it uh, Blewett Video Productions, that's, that's going to be a challenge to, to market and brand that. Along those lines, uh, in Cleveland, and I don't know these folks, so I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but I'm going to anyway, there is a company called Broken Promises Wedding Videography. Now, I called them today to ask their permission if I could uh, call out uh, the name of their company in this podcast. But somehow I think I'm going to be okay here. But I called the number and, and nobody answered, but I, I couldn't find a website for them. But they're still listed in all of the videography uh, on the Google search and on the, the Yelp and all that. There is a company called Broken Promises Wedding Videography. And who am I to judge? This is maybe this is a very creative idea, but I, th what is wrong with the name Broken Promises Wedding Videography? I don't know, but it almost sounds like maybe that's not quite as a positive of a name as you'd want to come up with when you're when you're thinking about weddings and a lifetime commitment and a videographer to capture our special day. Should we go with someone called Broken Promises? And what if Broken Promises means that they were going to show up? They promised to show up. But just think about this, this name for one second. Again, who am I? 
There's another company that just started. I just uh, discovered them. They're, they're in our area uh, called White Balance Media. And of course, in our in the camera world of cameras and, you know, white balance and the color temperature. And, you know, um, certainly white balance is a term in photography and video production. But to brand yourself as white balance media, you have to think about the words and what their meaning might be to people that don't know anything about what you do. And white balance media may or may not be a good name. I don't know. But why? Why are we calling it that? I, I don't know. There was a, a company that we would compete with, a very, very talented group in, in, in a town, uh, Canton, Ohio, just south of us. And they were called Stone Cap. And the owner's name, Chad Capper. And so I loved this name uh, because he incorporated his name and his identity into the name of the company, into the brand. But the Stone Cap name uh, was, was a good name. This is a this is a nice compromise between I want to have my name in it, but he put a team together. And in the creative services field, you might find that it's easier to get your whole team uh, passionate about the brand if your name isn't in it, if it's a name that we can all be passionate about. But I did like the idea of the uh, the name Stonecap, and they had a very cool logo that had sort of a stone kind of color and look to it. Uh, that was that was an example of what I would think is a, a good name. Uh, but also still incorporating the owner's name into it or the owner's identity. And then at some point, uh, they had such an incredible reputation and he did great work for many years. And then he was able to to sell it to a a client. And uh, again, with the idea, if you're going to sell your business, that perhaps um, not having your name on it is, is the way to go. One of the biggest things, how did we wait till 25 minutes into this podcast to bring this up? One of the biggest things is the .com available? Is johnsmithphotography.com available? I'd be willing to bet that johnsmith.com is probably taken. But this is huge. You have to look to see if the .com is available and acquire it at the same time you're setting up the entity and the brand name. The .com has to be a part of it from, from the very beginning. And I want to tell a, a quick story. This is absolutely ridiculous. There is a production company that borrowed from a .com and set up the .net with the same name. And I'm not going to say the names of the companies because this is a great story, and we don't want anybody that's running the .net to know that this is happening. But basically, imagine, uh, we'll call it ExcaliburProductions.com. ExcaliburProductions.com starting in 2004 and and building this website and doing great work in a market. And then somebody goes out and buys ExcaliburVideoProduction.net, the same URL. So let's say we've got ExcaliburVideo.com and ExcaliburVideo.net. And the person starting ExcaliburVideo.net does so in about 2016, but borrows a style guide or a theme to the logo that looks exactly like the ExcaliburVideo.com. Why would you do this? Absolutely fascinating to me. So the people at ExcaliburVideo.com reach out to this guy and say, hey, listen, you're really going to cause some brand confusion for everyone here. Why are you doing this? We're not suing you, but we want to look at taking some legal action. And the the new person that just started a business at ExcaliburVideo.net said, well, pay me $10,000 and I'll rebrand and go do something else. 
And the people at ExcaliburVideo.com, when they first started, actually bought ExcaliburVideo.net to hold on to it. And after years of owning the .NET version, they said, no one would ever do this. This would be foolish. And they let the domain go. And that might have been a mistake. But sure enough, somebody came along and bought ExcaliburVideo.net, borrowed a theme that looks exactly like the original ExcaliburVideo.com. But what they don't know, what they don't know is that the dot-com company, the one that started first, the one that clearly has the rights to the name, the one that is clearly being copied or infringed on, rather than suing, they decided to just carry on. And here's why. The person running ExcaliburVideo.net started putting a lot of money into branding and SEO and marketing and all of this, Google ads and everything else. And many of the people involved in discovering this Excalibur video brand through ExcaliburVideo.net are getting confused and reaching out to the dot-com, the original business. So this foolish action of buying up a dot-net to mimic or copy a dot-com has backfired in such a way, and I have made up fictional names for this story. It's absolutely true, but I made up fictional names because the original dot-com company has no interest in bothering anybody because they're getting leads and jobs from the person at dot-net spending money. Absolutely a crazy world we live in. Uh, Sometimes it's better just to lay low than to fire up a bunch of lawsuits over a name. I hope you've enjoyed today's discussion about branding, uh, really more about coming up with the name of your business, and... I hope you have a great day. Please find us, youtube.com slash Mosier Media, facebook.com slash Mosier Media, on Instagram and Twitter at Mosier Media. Dan at MosierMedia.com is my email. And as always, the old phone number, 330-376-3500. And I've been promising you forever there's going to be a podcast someday. Do we even need a phone system in this era? I think we do. Have a great day.